This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and as always, I'm joined by the lovely Dayana Yogam. Well, thank you. And the handsome Robert Brokamp. <laughs> thank you. I've got the face for podcasts. So I guess that's how you would say that, yeah. I guess that would then lead us to believe that you have the voice for... For mime. I think I have the voice for mime. <laughs> we still love you. I you. love you trapped in the invisible box. That is definitely my favorite routine. Right behind the walking down a staircase. Right. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and just do it right now for our listeners? <laughs> Watch, everybody. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, today we're actually going to talk about Warren Buffett. Because he's the world's second wealthiest man, which equates to $74 billion. And he did it through savvy investing. So today we're going to reveal the secret to Buffett's success, and we're going to use his own words against him. We're going to share 10 Warren Buffett quotes, and by the end of the show, you'll know how to invest alongside the Oracle of Omaha. Who's the number one? Who's the, who's the uh, Warren, person? Warren Buffett's bridge partner. Yeah, a little bit of trivia there for uh-huh. you. He plays bridge with Bill Gates. And so Carlos Slim was number one, the telecom, Mexi- Mexico telecom, right. very wealthy guy. But he dropped to third. So I'm sure he's very unhappy right now. Oh, I'm sure he just <laughs> cries into his pillow of money I'm only getting night. The, I'm only getting the bronze medal of wealth. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It's all a lot of money. So yeah, they play bridge together, which is kind of cool. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know who Warren Buffett is, he is adorable. <laughs> So Adorbs. Cute. He is. He's also really good at investing. He was an entrepreneur and a businessman practically from birth. He bought his first stock at age 11, and he filed his first income tax return at age 14, wherein he deducted $35 for his bicycle and watch because it was part of his paper route. Brilliant. I told you he was adorable. He is adorable. The IRS is now on notice. Right. <laughs> he lives an unassuming life in Omaha, Nebraska, at the head of his company, Berkshire Hathaway. And along with his lifelong partner in money making, Charles Munger, they have done very well for themselves, investing in publicly traded companies and taking ownership stakes in businesses as well. Do you guys want to guess what Berkshire's top four holdings are? Coca-Cola. That's one. Uh, IBM. Yep. Two more. Railroad. Nope. Not a, not a railroad. <laughs> well, he, he does own a, a railroad. Yeah, but not one of the top As holdings. every billion dollar tycoon should. <laughs> That's right. Want to see it, my railroad? Is it Microsoft? No. No. Uh, it's another publicly think, traded company. Think finance yeah. and banks. Wells Fargo. Yep. And yeah. Amex. Oh. Uh, that's right. Yep. He also owns Seas Candy, but that's not one of his big holdings, but I think it's funny. Because he loves Dairy Queen. He loves Dairy Queen. Right. Heinz is another big one that people would know that he owns a lot of. Um, but Coca-Cola is, is famous. Coca-Cola and Warren Buffett are practically synonymous. So- His dad was actually a, a Republican congressman and a, like a stockbroker and suffered greatly during the Great Depression. So you'd think that would turn someone like Warren Buffett off of investing, but it didn't. But it probably helped make him very frugal, yeah. because as we're going to learn, he That's lives true. a very frugal life. He's actually now a Democrat, uh, and Charlie Munker, his partner, is a Republican, so they have some interesting conversations. Yeah, A lot of the quotes that we're going to recite back to you are from his annual letters to shareholders. His 50th annual shareholder letter came out uh, just last week, and so actually, some you actually read through it, and you pulled some quotes from this recent letter. Too. I did. I should I should disclose that I am a Berkshire Hathaway shareholder. So when it came out, uh, I read it page to page. You did? I did. Uh, then how come you didn't weren't able to recite all four of their holdings off the top of your head? Mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. I was holding off for Deanna. That, that was sweet of you. That was really <laughs> sweet of you. Uh, so so Berkshire Hathaway is also famous for having an annual 
shareholder event where tens of thousands of people descend on Omaha. Could you ever see yourself going, Robert? I went. You 2009, did? which is right at the bottom of the Great Recession. Um, so it was an interesting time to be there. That's where I first met our colleague Morgan Housel, by the way. I didn't know that. Yeah. Meet- it, the meeting in Omaha, it's more like a pilgrimage for people. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. you got to get up early to get a seat, and a lot of people don't get it, so they have to like be in some other room where it's telecast. It's crazy. Yeah, they fill up a whole stadium. Mm-hmm. Like It's just tons and tons and tons of people. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. That was kind of a digression to talk about the annual the cult of the, the cult of, of Buffett. Buffett, but it is Berkshire. a cult. Yeah, it, it is a it well, is a it's not a cult. It's not a literal cult. Is it, Robert? <laughs> Stuff might happen, you know, at night in hotels. Yeah. You just don't know. <laughs> you don't know. There's a anyway, lot of land in Omaha there is where you could have a lot of bonfires and what I don't know. Maybe that's how they made all their money by like appeasing the dark lord. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, Robert, just how successful of an investor is Warren Buffett? Well, as we talked about, the 50-year anniversary in the annual report actually shows the returns of the S&P 500, which uh, over the past 50 years has averaged 9.9% a year. So, if you invested $1,000 in there, you'd have about $112,000. Berkshire Hathaway, 21.6% a year, so more than double. You might think, well, then that must have produced $300,000, $400,000. No, $1,000 would be worth 176 million dollars. And that is the power of earning uh, even a little bit more. If you were earning instead of that 10%, 12, 13, 14%, the way it compounds over the long term, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So yeah, that's how you become the second wealthiest man in the world. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's insane. I should say in the annual report, he tells everyone, there's no way we're going to be able to do those returns in the future. So Past performance is no indication. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Well, now it's time for us to show you how you can invest like Warren Buffett. And again, we're going to use his own words against him. We have a guest star today to dramatically read these selected Warren Buffett quotes. You may know him as the host of Motley Fool Money and Market Foolery, the daily podcast and weekly radio show hosted by our own Chris Hill. Yay, Chris Hill. Thanks, Chris Hill. All right. Give us our first Warren Buffett quote. Success in investing doesn't correlate with IQ. What you need is the temperament to control the urges that get other people into trouble in investing. This is a great quote, one of my favorite. Because money, IQ points, lucky socks are no help when your investment is down 50%. You could be the best stock picker in the world, but if you let emotions dictate your buying and selling decisions, you will never see great returns. So having the temperament to be a successful investor means setting your investing strategy and decisions based on the underlying business story, not wavering in the short term when every cell in your body is telling you to run for the exit, or dive right in when everybody's super excited about this hot new thing. You do your research and you make your investing decisions based on that. Right? So, Didn't Buffett write back in? The doldrums of the market. He wrote an, ar- an article in Wall Street Journal about like why I'm investing in America and I'm well, going I'm shopping. American. Yeah, yeah. I'm right. buying American because you think of so many people who are at the bottom of the market, they check out because mm-hmm. they're burned and then they miss out on. I mean, they've missed out on so much yeah. wealth because right. they pulled out. All right, Chris, what's our next one? Stock prices will always be far more volatile than cash equivalent holdings. Over the long term, however. 
Currency-denominated instruments are riskier investments, far riskier investments. Robert, this was your your quote. Right. And let me tell you, that's a fun one. The point here Buffett is making is that the stock market is volatile in the short term. He tells people not to buy Berkshire unless you can hold for five years. Actually, in 10 years, he often says in other places. Um, So, is that short-term volatility. But you're investing for a long-term investment goal, and you have to keep up with inflation with your money. He pointed out in this year's annual letter that something that cost 13 cents when Berkshire, um, when he started managing Berkshire in 1965, costs a dollar now. You cannot maintain that purchasing power if you just stay in cash. That's real risk, playing it too safe and having a portfolio that's not going to pay for anything in the future. All right, how about another Buffett quote? I'm a better investor because I'm a businessman, and a better businessman because I'm an investor. This is actually a quote we have on, uh, painted on the wall. Of one it's of practically our... tattooed on people's bodies yep. here at the Molly yeah. Here, let me show you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, here he's reminding people to remember that when you invest, you're buying a business. You are not buying a ticker symbol. You are becoming a part owner of a company. So, you own a sliver of that business and have even have a say, albeit a sliver, a small sliver of a say, in how that business is run. So when Warren Buffett invests, he is looking for businesses with strong brands, cash flow, and strong management teams. And that last part is super important. He's betting on the people that run those companies to make smart decisions with their money and also his money or the investor's money. So, remember, a stock is only as good as the business behind it, and a business is only as good as the people who are running it. You actually crammed a lot of Buffett principles into that good management, buying a strong brand. Good cash flow. Holding for a long term. I mean, there's a lot wrapped up in that one, though. Yeah. All right, next quote. Chris Hill. There are certain things that cannot be adequately explained to a virgin, either by words or pictures. This is actually where... Are we going to have to have an adult rating put on this podcast because of this? Because we said the word virgin? I don't know where Robert's going to go with his answer. Robert, tread lightly. (laughs) Tell the kids that it's that airline from England. Um, This is actually a a quote of a quote of a quote, because it's uh, from a cartoon that appeared in Fred Schwed's classic book, where are the customer's yachts? But the point Buffett is making is actually often tied to the point you just made, Dan, in terms of actually running a business, and that to understand an investment, you actually have to run a business day-to-day. In fact, recently, um, he has two investment managers working for him, Todd Combs and Ted Weschler, and he made them chairman of two new companies that they bought to give them that experience of helping run an actual company. It's, when I go to like Panera with my kids, I say, okay, how are they making money? What are they doing well? What would you change to make this better? So you think as a business person, and it helps you as an investor. And here's a job application. And that's right. And go, go earn your keep and give me a bagel. <laughs> Is there a discount because you're working here? I'm hoping. <laughs> okay, next quote. If you aren't willing to own a stock for 10 years, don't even think about owning it for 10 minutes. Don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. What are you thinking? Okay, this is the also known as buy stocks you're willing to hold on to for the long term or forever. Because truly great investors, they're marked by their long-term commitments to their investments. They are investors. They are not speculators. So when you buy to hold, you're committing to sticking it out for as long as it takes for your investing thesis to play out. We're talking three, five, ten years, twenty years, forever sometimes. 
So think of that money that you're investing is like you're sending it off on vacation to work for you. Your other money, your short-term money, is the stuff that you're using to pay your bills for near-term expenses if you're saving up for down payment on a home that you're going to buy in the next five years. Right, and that should be in cash, and Buffett says that all the time. Any money, just keep it in cash, and they keep at least $20 billion in cash so that they, too, can... um, you know, they have to worry about a market downturn affecting their business. And when the market does go down, they have enough money to buy some bargains. Yep. Just making monthly investments in a low-cost index fund makes a lot of sense. Owning a piece of America, a diversified piece, bought over time, held for 30 or 40 years, it's bound to do well. This was actually advice that Buffett recently gave on CNBC to LeBron James. What? The multi-millionaire basketball player. LeBron James said, what should I invest in? And this is what Buffett said. An index fund, by the way, just buys whatever is in a certain index, usually S&P 500. But because they don't have management teams making those decisions, they're super, super, super duperty cheap. That's how cheap they are. They are duperty cheap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Buffett thinks that 99% of people should invest this way. Plus, as he explained in last year's annual letter, this is what he has put in his will for some of the money that is going to his wife. The directions are, put 90% of it in an index fund, 10% of it in cash. So, he really believes in it because that's what he wants his family to do. Yeah, he's eating his own cooking. Right. Next quote. A simple rule dictates my buying. Be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful. What's interesting about this quote is evidently Warren said this when he was in his 20s. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That's smart from a young age. Um, but he's he's right. Too many investors they get shaken out of a great investment um, or and robbed of enormous gains because they were too scared, um, they were too fearful to stick it out. But if you can keep your emotions in check, ignore the noise, you'll be able to hang in there and, as we said earlier, even back up the truck and load up on more rather than selling out at the worst times. If you look back in history how investing fortune, fortunes were made, you'll find it wasn't by jumping in and out of the, the market or in and out of stocks based on fear and greed, but by buying great businesses and investing in them over the long haul. Several studies show that most investors jump in right as the market is peaking. Then the market goes down, and then they flee and go to cash. market, at least historically, has rebounded. We're back at all-time highs after the Great Recession. So many people missed out on that because they got scared out of the market and they didn't get back into the market until they're like, okay, two or three years later, the market's up. Now I believe in it. And it's a little, it's not too late, um, but they missed out on a lot. It's the only industry I can think of where the professional's efforts subtract value from what the layman can do himself. This is similar to the index fund argument. Uh, on the whole, the financial advice business does not give you market beating returns. We've talked about this in the past. The average mutual fund underperforms the market by one, two percentage points. Yeah, just about actively managed. Actively managed fund, right? Which has managers actively picking the stocks. Roughly speaking, they charge one to two percent a year. It's almost all completely explained by the costs. Buffett is a big fan of just saying, buy an index fund, you can do it on your own. You don't have to be an expert on every company or even many. You only have to be able to evaluate companies within your circle of competence. The size of that circle is not very important. Knowing its boundaries, however, is vital. This is the whole buy what you know thing that we preach around here. 
don't go looking for difficult investments. Buffett knows there are great investments to be had in any industry. So he doesn't blindly pour money into the next hot company doing the new 3D cellular printing. Insert some gobbledygook here. Buffett knows there are great investments to be had in any industry. So why go outside of what you know and try and figure out what 3D bioprinting space travel corporation, <laughs> if that's a good business or not. So like he said about his and Charlie Munger's interest in space exploration, we applaud the endeavor, but prefer to skip the ride. That's cute. And skipping the ride has been fine with him. He's notoriously been, you know, not been heavily a tech guy, uh, where there were so many gains to be had, and people have done really well on that. But he, that's not within his circle of competence. So the lesson here is: look for solid companies through old-fashioned fundamental research, and find the ones that you want to go into business with as a stockholder and that you understand. But you probably read reams and reams and reams of paper about any given company before he invests in it, and he probably continues to read reams of paper about it after he invests yeah. in it. So you are naturally, if you're going to be reading that much about a company, you're naturally going to want to have some interest and in some competency in that area. Otherwise, you're just going to go crazy. Yeah, he'll build his competency in there and and become an expert on it and really understand all parts of the business. Charlie Munger has said that uh, both he and Warren read all the time, and Munger said, I read so much, my kids growing up thought I was a book with legs attached to me. <laughs> Something like that. We'll get, we'll get to some more Charlie Oh, later. Charlie's funny. Charlie's a funny guy. Next quote. You're going to participate in what I call the ovarian lottery. You're going to get one ball out of there, and that is the most important thing that's ever going to happen to you in your life. So this takes a little setting up. This is a scenario that Buffett will use in front of students, and he says, it's 24 hours before your birth. And Jeannie appears and says, you get to design everything about Earth, economic, social, political, the whole thing. But there's a catch. Before you enter the world, you'll have to pick one ball out of a barrel of seven billion, one representing each person on Earth, and you don't know which one you're going to take, but it will determine your whether you're male, female, American, Zimbabwean, above average, below average. How would you design the world? And that's because one of Buffett's philosophies is you create a society that benefits everyone, regardless of your skills. He often talks about that Bill Gates says to him, if he was born 300 years ago um, or a long time ago, Buffett would have been eaten by some wild animal because he can't run fast and he can't climb trees. But he's born at this time where someone who can allocate capital does very well. And he thinks the, wor the world should be designed so that everyone benefits from growing resources and stuff like that. And the other thing he will do is he'll tell these students, now, let's say I took out 100 of those balls from that barrel. Would you trade with what you have and pick another ball? And of course, most of them are no. They say no, because chances are there's only a 5% chance you'd be in America, 50-50 chance you'd be above average intelligence, below average intelligence, intelligence. And what he's saying to the students, US students, you've got it really good. You're very lucky. So what you should be doing with your life should benefit other people. And he and he is also one of those billionaires like Bill Gates that has promised to give most of his money away. Almost all of it. Almost That's why it. the will says invest this cash in index funds because he's going to give his actual Berkshire stock away to charity. Which is cool. Good guy, that Warren Buffett. Really is. <laughs> you, you, you are making a face like you wish he was giving it to you. Where you're like, yeah. 
That's really nice. Hey, have you heard about my charitable foundation that <laughs> I'm setting up? Right? No, no. I think I I I, I think it is great. <laughs> I'm just, I have nothing to say about this. <laughs> I think it's all going to the Gates Foundation. In fact, I think that's where he's leaving most of his money. His daughter's very into the Girl Scouts. Uh, Girl Scouts Foundation, so a lot of money goes. A lot of Thin Mints. A lot of Thin Mints. <laughs> a lot of Thin Mints. All right, well, these aren't the only great things Buffett has said. And if you want to get even more Buffett, just send an email to warren at fool.com. That's W-A-R-R-E-N at fool.com to get a copy of our free ebook, 50 Warren Buffett Quotes That Will Make You a Better Investor. Doesn't that sound like fun? It does. It's a great book. Can we offer an all-you-can-eat Buffett? <laughs> Not really that funny. As a bonus, here are some Charlie Munger quotes. Charlie was just 31 when Warren Buffett convinced him to go on their investing adventure together. As Buffett's right-hand man, the two have done very well, and they seem to have a good time along the way. So here's some quotes. Here's a gold one. I think gold is a great thing to sew into your garments if you're a Jewish family in Vienna in 1939, (laughs) but I think civilized people don't buy gold. (laughs) Tasteful, very tasteful. Well, he also said, I don't see how you become rational hoarding gold. Even if it works, you're a jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is how much they believe in, in the market, in, in stocks, in businesses to grow your money. Yeah, yeah. And how much they think gold hoarders and gold bugs are jerks. Well, they just like they just kind of seem like cool old, old dudes <laughs> to hang out <laughs> with, right? Right. I mean. Who were the guys in the balcony on the Muppets? Yeah. Yeah, like that. Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Yeah, like Statler and Waldorf, just yeah. yucking it up, having fun, and and b- being really wealthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Except for Warren Buffett is generally like the nice, avuncular uncle, mm-hmm. uh, and Charlie Munger is the crotchety guy who doesn't suffer fools. And we're not talking about Motley fools, but uh, yeah, he'll tell it. He'll tell it like it is. Uh, his rule of investing, when one guy offers you a chance to earn lots of money without risk, don't listen to the rest of his sentence. Follow this and you'll save yourself a lot of misery. Oh, yeah. His general advice on have a good life, don't do cocaine, don't race trains, and avoid all AIDS situations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too late! I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just, like, I, I don't know. I just don't know if, if Munger has been approached with a lot of AIDS situations. If a lot of people go up to him with, like, ha- dirty heroin needles... <laughs> On pundits, people have always had this craving to have someone tell them the future. Long ago, kings would hire people to read sheep guts. There's always been a market for people who pretend to know the future. Listening to today's forecasters is just as crazy as when the king hired the guy to look at sheep guts. Which works, by the way. (laughs) Do you have a lot of sheep guts hanging around you? All right, the last quote from Charlie Munger. The best thing a human being can do is to help another human being know more. For sure. I forgot to say my favorite Warren Buffett quote, which is the one he just said um, when he was asked, how is it that he has lived so long? And he said, I checked the actuarial tables and the lowest death rate is among six-year-olds. So I decided to eat like a six-year-old, which he does. He drinks nothing but Coca-Cola and he eats ice cream and And goldfish. Goldfish. Like for breakfast. Like he just, I don't know how he's still alive. I don't know. 
This has been another episode of Motley Fool Answers. Again, if you want to get your copy of our free ebook, 50 Warren Buffett Quotes That Will Make You a Better Investor, because 10 is not enough, you can email us to warren at fool.com. That's W-A-R-R-E-N at fool.com. You can also send us your questions to answers at fool.com. Don't forget to tell your friends. For Robert Brokamp and Diana Yoakum, I'm Allison Southwick. Fool on. Fool on.